Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets you are the head, not the tail. Thanks for listening. You're currently listening to part 25 of the God, Me, and the Dissertation 38 part series. So far, I've been providing some insights I've learned and experienced as I worked on my dissertation and when I went through graduate school, that whole journey. And I encourage you to listen to parts 1 through 24 if you haven't already. But today's motivational aim, entitled, You Are the Head, Not the Tail, is an important one. God's Word lets us know that we are the head and not the tail. That scripture and that verse is found in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter in the 13th verse. It states, The Lord will make you the head the leader, and not the tail, follower, and you will be above only, and you will not be beneath, if you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I'm commanding you today to observe them carefully. After reading that scripture, God clearly lets us know what he means by us being the head and not the tail. We will be leaders and not followers. We will be above only. We will not be beneath. Even when people try to put you beneath, it's no way that you can stay there because you were never made to operate in that capacity. You were never made to operate from the bottom. Whatever you're going through, it might feel like the bottom, but with God, you are always on top. God is the one who sets standards, he sets levels, he sets ceilings and basements. It's all perspective on how we look at it. And as you read the passage of scripture, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter and the 13th verse, you will discover that there is a condition to that promise. Let me go ahead and read it one more time. The Lord will make you the head, the leader and not the tail follower. And you will be above only, and you will not be beneath, if you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe them carefully. As I just stated, there's a condition to that promise. God said that he will make us the head and not the tail. He will make us leaders and not followers. We will only move upwards and never downwards, and we will be above only, and we will not be beneath. If, if, you read it for yourself if you read it and you heard it. It says, if you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe them carefully. See, God gave us a truth and a promise but it is contingent on listening, paying attention, and obeying what God told us to do. We shouldn't expect to be the head or the leader of anything if we refuse to pay attention to God. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't even work like that in the natural, physical realm. People who don't follow instructions have a hard time keeping a position long term. Because there are a lot of things they have to pay attention to and adhere to. There is a higher expectation when it comes to our relationship with God. And it's sad. It's sad because there are some people who really get angry at others or with others. When they are listening to God, they're aiming towards the target of paying attention and following God in obedience, faithfulness, and trust, and they see God fulfilling these promises in their life. Some people get very upset about that. And most often it's the individuals who are not paying attention, who are not trying to live lives where they are obeying God, where they are exhibiting faithfulness towards God or trusting God. But that goes to show you, you have to continue fighting the good fight of faith 
paying attention and doing what God commanded you to do, despite what is going on around you or what other people are doing around you. And as you work on your goals, aim to keep God first as he makes you the leader and not the follower. When you trust God, when you do what he says in his word, he will always make sure that you are on top. He will make sure that you excel. He'll make sure that you overcome. He'll make sure that you are promoted. He'll make sure that perspectives and positions are turned so individuals can see that you were never on the bottom. You were always on top. Always. You are the head. You are the leader. When you do what God commanded you to do. Now, the goal is to never be a tail. Because tails come in last. They are catching up with the head, if you think about it. And tails can be defined as somebody watching you closely, the leader. And they're following behind you in secret, trying to figure you out. Now, we're the head. And if you are the head, you can't worry about tails. Can't be worried about tails at all because your mind is so sharp that tails can't figure you out. And they can't even think like you because they can't see what you see. And they're not on the level you're on. No matter what people are doing in front of you or behind you or behind your back, God said that you are the head and not the tail. And you will always lead and not follow. I didn't say that you will lead without leadership because we are always following God because he's our ultimate divine leader. And God puts people in our lives to follow after God honoring people, God honoring individuals in authority over us. I'm not saying that, but wherever God is leading you and he's called you to be a leader in whatever capacity he's placed you, you will lead because you are following the leadership of God. You will always be on top. God said that you would be a leader, someone who he promotes to lead, organize, head, command, a group, an organization, a cause, a department, an idea, a dream, some form of research, some topic or goal. Now, people might be planning your downfall because you already exhibit leadership qualities, but it won't work. It will only cause them to fall in the very pit that they set up for you. Proverbs, the 21st chapter in the 30th verse states, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. This includes any plan God has for you. Any plan God has for you where you will always be the head and never the tail. No matter what it is in your family, in your relationships, in your profession, in your entrepreneurial efforts, in your ideas, in your health, wherever God has called you to lead, in every plan he has for your life, nothing, no one can succeed against the Lord. Anybody trying to plot and plan on you, it won't work. It might look like it's going to work. It might feel like it's working, but it won't work. Never forget that. You have to believe that. When we don't believe what God is saying, we are limiting what he can do for us. In Matthew, the 13th chapter in the 58th verse, it states, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, we want God to perform miracles in our lives, even if those miracles appear common to others and supernatural to us. It all falls in line with obedience and God making sure that we are always in position to be the head and not the tail. You'd be surprised who is plotting on you right now. 
I'm not saying that it get anybody shaken up, scared, nervous, fearful. I'm not saying that for that. I'm just letting you know. Some people could be plotting on you that you had no idea who was plotting on you. Plotting on you in jealousy. Plotting on you in envy. Plotting on you in misunderstanding. Miscommunication. Something from the past. Something you overlooked. Something you didn't say right. Your tone of voice wasn't right, so they have to plot on you. Oh, you're excelling too fast. God is doing too much for you and your family and everything you put your hands on. You prosper and succeed, so now they have to plot. They won't do what they need to do, but now they have to plot on you to stop you. When all they need to do is put their hands on something, ask God to bless it so they can move forward. If God told them to do that. Because if it's something God told them not to do, we can see and we understand even when our own experience is not going to work. But, like I said... You'd be surprised who is plotting on you. And you'd be surprised on what they are using to try to keep you down. It could be something so small, so insignificant. But the fact that they did it, and you knew the motive behind what they were doing, it's just, oh my goodness, I can't believe that they did that. And they are really over there trying to stop you from working on your goal and achieving your goals. And God has everything in place to make sure that you are the head. You will not be behind. You will not be beneath. You will not be a tail. You will not travel downwards. God is making sure that you succeed. He's watching them. And in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter in the 12th verse, it states, The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. This scriptural promise falls right in line with you being a lender and not a borrower it falls in line with you being on top and not the bottom it falls in line with you being above and not beneath it falls in line with you steady going upward or traveling upwards and not downward now I have a story I have a lot of stories for you concerning God showing himself strong in my life. A lot. And I know you have several stories about God showing himself strong in your life when people plotted and planned all this stuff against you to show you something, to take something, to put something in your face. All kinds of stuff. And all you were doing, I bet, was just minding your business. Not even worried about these people. Focused on your task, your assignment. But it could be something as small as, just small, something so insignificant. But most often when people keep attacking you, hitting you, targeting you, they have to do something to you that's just vile, vicious, something with ill intent. It does have something to do with them individually. They're threatened in some type of way. Something that you're not even thinking about is a threat to somebody's life. If they are attacking you like that, and it's a repeated attack, and they're going to keep going on with it, you're a threat. You're a threat in some way, shape, or form. And it could be that you are paying attention, doing what God commanded and called you to do, and you're walking in faithfulness and trusting God, and you're trying to obey God. That's a threat to them because now everything that you're doing, you're prospering and you're succeeding. And even though that they are forming these weapons against you, they're not prospering, so they don't know what to do. So they have to just keep coming back with these attacks. They can't even sleep at night. They have no rest, no peace. Here's a story, one of many, but this is the one I'm going to share because it is relevant with me working on the dissertation, encouraging somebody to keep going and understanding that you are the head and not the tail. 
no matter what people try to do, even if it is trivial and silly. All right, for those who've been listening to the podcast from parts 1 through 24, you are aware of my first dissertation chair, how he set up a cohort. And I keep giving this introduction for the people tuning in for the first time who don't have the background information, so just bear with me. But if you are tuning in for the first time, I won't be able to tell you everything right now, but go ahead and listen to parts 1 through 24 to catch up. But like I said, y'all know about my first dissertation chair setting up this cohort. It was around eight people in there. Some doctoral candidates within this cohort were treacherous and they were in a competition that nobody knew about but them. So they operated and they moved about in this competitive manner. They did a lot of manipulative things, a lot of scandalous things, not only to me. They did it to other members of the cohort. They even did some vile and vicious things to other faculty members. They did some things to the dissertation chair, the very one who tried to accommodate them. They did some vicious things to some administrators in the department and even the staff. And then, some of y'all probably guessed it, they eventually turned on each other. But y'all know how it is when somebody's moving in a filthy, despicable manner. They're only focused on self, and they will use anyone to get what they want. And the very people they are stealing with and doing these malicious acts with, there is never loyalty between them. Never. God's word states in Proverbs, the 29th chapter, in the 23rd through the 25th verse, a man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down. But he who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. Whoever is partner with a thief hates his own life. He hears the curse when swearing an oath to testify, but discloses nothing and commits perjury by omission. The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in and puts his confidence in the Lord will be exalted and safe. See, anybody partnering with another person against you to take from you or steal from you, whether it is something you own, whether it's an opportunity, people do that because they hate their own life when they're doing that stuff. And it's most often done in malicious evil intent. And anyone who hears someone cursing you, not just with profanity, but someone cursing and uttering some offensive words about you, they're uttering and stating these offensive words about your dreams, your destiny, the opportunities God has blessed you with, your promotion, your deliverance. They're speaking against what God is doing in your life and in your family's life. If somebody hears that, and they go along with the person cursing you, cursing your dreams, your progress, or anything or anyone that belongs to you, and they do nothing about it, whether it is them walking away, exposing it, something, they hate themselves too. And they are an accomplice. They are. They are guilty. And while they were trying to throw you, your family, your dream, your progress, your topic, your title, your opportunity, your blessing, while they were throwing that in a pit, they dug a pit for you, not understanding that they really dug a pit for themselves. But as you trust in the Lord, he will make you the head while these people are digging pits, sweating, losing sleep, Renting shovels, renting equipment, going into debt to go get equipment to dig this massive pit to throw you in. They want to throw you in, your family in, everything you touch in, every impact and influence you've ever made in, 
every idea in. They just want to throw you in there because they're tired of looking at you. You're a threat to them. And think about it, they're really afraid. They are scared. They're afraid of their dreams not coming into fruition or really their wicked plans not succeeding due to pride. And as they're over there digging pits, sweating, organizing a committee, doing checklists, roll call, did everybody bring their shovel? All right, did y'all put some stuff to put in the pit so when we throw her in there, you know, we really puncture her and damage her and abuse her. Y'all got what y'all need? While they're doing that, God is looking at them, and he's looking at what people do to you too. While all that's going on, God's looking at you, and God is keeping you safe because his word stands. What did Proverbs, the 21st chapter in the 30th verse state? There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. God said that you were the head. Nothing can succeed against that. God said that you are not the tail. Nothing can succeed against that. God said that you were above Nothing can succeed against that. God said that you were not beneath. Nothing can succeed against that. God said that you were moving upward. Nothing can succeed against that. God said that you will lend and not borrow. Nothing can succeed against that. So as these weapons form, nothing can succeed against God's word stating that they will not prosper. They will not succeed. You have to understand that and you have to believe that. You have to trust God and walk like his word is true. God is keeping you safe. God is exalting you to be the leader. He's exalting you to be the chief because you trust in him. Your confidence is in him. Now back to the story about the DDT. Well, the DDD TT, <laughs> the dissertation, desperado, desperate, treacherous trio. Yeah, that's what they need to be. But what they did was so minor, so silly. But the intention behind it is what makes them look so dumb. Okay, so what we used to do in this cohort was go over our research, give feedback to one another, and the dissertation chair wanted us to practice giving updates on our research as a presentation. He wanted us to, I guess, talk as much as we could in a presentation format. So what he would do, he would schedule these meetings where we would meet as a group every, sometimes it would be every week, it just depended on what he had going on and what other students had going on. So sometimes we met every week. Sometimes it was spaced out to every two weeks or three weeks. And he was doing this to get us in the habit, as I just stated, of defending our research in the dissertation defense. Now, in a dissertation defense, anybody can show up. Anybody can come. A stranger can walk in who just heard about it and sit in there and just ask questions. So he was trying to get us acclimated to speaking in research mode all of the time. Now, these meetings with the cohort were in a medium conference room. I think it seated around 15 to 20 people comfortably. Now, in that room, there was a wood computer podium where you could put a computer on. There was a stationary laptop there, but you could interchange it with somebody else's laptop computer. And some of you all are familiar with this type of setup where you have the podium, you have the computer on top, the little area where you can stand and speak, the microphone, and then all of the cords for the projector, the computer, the mic, all types of things are all tucked away in that podium. Okay, now, as I just said, there was a projector in that conference room, and there was a projector screen. Okay, so you have an idea of how this conference room was set up, and most likely everyone listening has been in a setting like this. 
So you got the idea. Months would go by where we would use the projector, the computer, the control, the mic, the podium. Every time we would give these presentations, that was just something we did. Now, since everything was connected to the computer on the podium, all we had to do was bring our USB disk drive with our presentation. It was very rare where you would bring your laptop unless you just saved your information on your laptop and you didn't save it on a disk drive. So that's what the majority of everybody in the cohort would do. We would present. Everybody would have their disk drive with them because they could use all of those resources available to them. Okay, now like I said, this went on for months. Now I don't know what happened. But one day, as we were having a regular class meeting, the dissertation chair lets us know that there was something wrong with the computer. So from now on, you can bring, or he told us, we could bring handouts for our presentations as we present. While we're presenting in this fashion, he's going to go ahead and talk to the school's technology team to see if they can come by and fix the issue with the computer. So I was like, cool. I wasn't worried about anything. I wasn't thinking about anything other than, oh, I can do some handouts. I can do that. Now, I want to say around two or three weeks later, we have a meeting. And we are supposed to present. So I was one of the presenters along with the two women in the DDT group. We were all in that conference room. Now, let me let you know something. Sometimes when we did presentations, if the dissertation chair was providing a lot of feedback on one person's assignment or their research, sometimes we went over the time and we would have to pick up with the person who didn't have an opportunity to present the next meeting. Okay? So, yeah. The women in the DDT group, it was their time to go. I was supposed to go also, but we ran out of time. And I thought that they would pull out some handouts. I thought that they had handouts because I had handouts, because that's what the teacher, you know, said. So one of the girls, she gets up, the first girl, she gets up, and she has this big bag with her. I think y'all already know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but she has this big bag with her. And she pulls out a projector and she pulled it out slow and proud and she goes to setting it up on the conference table and she's walking up to the front of the room and people are saying, oh, because remember, everybody knows the situation with the computer and the podium and the projector, everything's messed up. So they're like, oh, you have a projector? Wow. Even the chair was saying, oh, okay. Okay, is that the projector that you were asking me about if you could bring on your own? So she says, yeah, 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 this is it. Yeah, this is it. And then she says, so-and-so, she named a person who is a doctoral candidate or was a doctoral candidate who was about to defend their research. This woman was about to graduate. So this is what she says. Yeah, so-and-so who's defending her research or her dissertation in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I was letting her know my dilemma in this class of how we are having some issues with the technology, with the computer and the projector. And I just want to stay in the mode of presenting like I'm going to defend my research. So I just didn't want to do handouts. So I was talking to her and she told me that she could let me borrow a projector from her job until I'm finished doing my assignment or until the projector and computer in this room is fixed. So people in the cohort were saying, wow, that was so nice of her. And she says, yeah, it was. Because I tried to get a projector from the school district I work in, but I couldn't. So she works in a totally different district. So this is the district she works in. This is their projector. And she's an administrator, so it just works out. 
And she's saying all of this as she hooking stuff up and she talking proud. And as she was talking, I was thinking, I was like, that's stupid. That's dumb. There's no way I'm going to allow anybody. I'm going to risk my job. I'm going to mess with my finances because something could happen with that projector because I'm giving it to a total stranger. A classmate? I'm taking equipment from a school to give to a classmate who's talking about something not working at another school and it's the school's problem? (laughs) Now, I thought that was so dumb. So dumb. Because these school districts, they do not play about missing equipment. They don't play. They will do a full-on investigation to see why things are missing, why things are broken, stolen. They don't play about that. If anybody has worked in a school district or their child is in a school district and they lend a computer to their child or their faculty or their teacher, they lend an iPad, some type of tablet, a smart device, they want their stuff back. They will harass you if you say you lost it and if you try to play like, oh, somebody stole it, they will get the law enforcement involved. They will do it. The laws will be at somebody's house. Yes, they will. Asking about a smart device. So I was just thinking, that's crazy. Then I started thinking about when I was in school, like kindergarten, 12th grade. They wouldn't let people go to the next grade level. Or they would threaten you. And they wouldn't, or they would threaten you with graduation if you didn't turn in a textbook. A raggedy textbook. An old raggedy textbook. They would threaten people saying that they would not graduate unless it was turned in. If somebody had a library fine of 20 cents, you're trying to figure out why you can't get your class schedule. You and your parents go up there, yeah, you owe 20 cents. What? They will hold you back for a library magazine. Some. Some. So, playing with technology? I thought that was dumb. So I'm looking at the girl set up the projector, and I was like, oh, she's really proud about this. She's proud about this. So she getting everything hooked up with the help of some members of the cohort. And they were only helping her, in my opinion, because they wanted to use the projector. So they caught themselves trying to throw some quick seeds or sow some quick seeds real quick. So the girl pulls out a laptop. She presents with the projector. So I'm like, oh, okay. Then the other woman, who's a homegirl at the time, who's really not a homegirl, but she gets up. And she starts setting up, too. And the way she set up was she was familiar. She knew she could do this. It wasn't where she asked the girl, hey, can I use your projector or use the projector? Because it wasn't hers. Can I use the projector to do my stuff? No, she just starts setting up. But the first girl gave her this look. And then she's, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, can, I, can I use the projector? That's when I said, oh, okay, okay. So the second one finishes. She finishes her presentation, but before she finishes, the first girl jumps up. I'm talking about she had like two or three slides left, but the first girl stood up on the side of her, and then she closed her presentation. The first girl, boy, she started disassembling stuff, snatching it, getting it, just doing all she could to hurry up. And put that projector up. Because you already know who's next. I was supposed to go next. But she was, you know, disconnecting stuff. And then somebody in the cohort said out loud, Yeah, I mean, we have one more presentation, I thought. I thought we had one more. And the chair was shaking his head like, Yeah, we do have one more. But the first girl, she says... Something to the effect of, yeah, um, I really have to guard this projector because it's not mine. It's not mine at all. I really have to guard it. And I can't have people using it because it could get damaged. So, yeah. And then she looks at me, shrugs her shoulders as if, I mean... If I couldn't help you, I would. I mean, there's just nothing I can do. My hands are tied. 
but she had this slight grin on her face. And then I look at the second lady, and she's smiling too. But she's putting her head down, like they just achieved something. And then I look at Dissertation Desperado, the man. He got his chest puffed up. He looking like, yeah, you ain't using the projector. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh. Now, it worked out because the chair was talking to the second presenter and time overlapped. So we ran out of time or class time and we had to pick it up again. But when I witnessed that, I was like, wow, over a projector. Well, we know it wasn't about the projector. They used the projector. But I said, they, they did all of this over some stolen equipment from a district that they don't work at. But when the girl said that she had to guard the projector and all of that, the dissertation chair and the other members of the cohort, they were looking confused. And some of them were looking like, oh, that was, that was messed up. Because if you say you have to guard something, you let this person use it. So that's not true. Now, as I said earlier, it worked out because I couldn't go. Either way, time was far spent. Class is dismissed. The chair lets the two ladies know, along with the dissertation desperado, the man, he says, okay, next week, what I want to do is have the two ladies who presented that day, the dissertation desperado, the guy, and I was supposed to present the next week. Okay, so it was supposed to be four of us presenting the following week because he didn't want time to get in between the next meeting. So he set the time, and that was that. I walked to my vehicle. Okay, I'm riding down the road thinking, praying, venting to myself, (laughs) if you know what that means. And then my daddy calls my phone. All right? So I pick up, and he's asking me, hey, what's up? You through with school? I say, yes, sir. All right, what's wrong? What happened? Something happened? Yes, sir. What? So I told him everything I just shared with y'all, okay? So he's processing what I'm saying. He asked me, "So, so you mean to tell me the girl in the class was presenting her work in the projector that's in the classroom or the conference room, whatever you want to call it, it's broke? It's broken? And it's been broke? Yes, sir. Okay, and you're telling me that the girl had a projector and she presented her work? She let another girl, classmate, use stolen goods from a district? She allowed her to do this willingly is what you're telling me. And before she finished, the girl who brought the projector in the room stood up and started taking stuff loose so you wouldn't use it? On your turn. Yes, sir. Um, Did they say anything to you directly when they did this to you? No, sir. Did they say anything about it after they finished? Yes, sir. And that's when you said she, she got to really guard it. And I can't have people using somebody else's stuff when they let somebody else use their stuff. So what I'm hearing you tell me is they dished you. They dished you. So they dished you. And they thought they was going to show you something, huh? They was going to show you that you were going to be without right. All right. Every time you tell me about these people, there's something crazy going on with them. They like to play games, don't they? All right. So they call themselves dissing you. They, 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 gonna, they dished you. Yes, sir. All right. Did you ever present today? No, sir. Why not? Uh, we, we, we ran out of time. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's good then. Where are you right now? What side of town are you on? So I told him. And he says, it's the best bar over there. Once he said that, I said, it's going down. I'm about to get a projector. I'm about to get a projector. So I said, yes, sir, it's a Best Buy over there. And he says, all right, how how long is it going to take you to get over there? So I said, yeah, Daddy, I'm thinking, I mean, I should be there in about 20 minutes or less because I'm about to hit the freeway right now, 
right now. So he was like, all right, then go ahead and go over there. Walk in, tell them that you need to see some projectors. Get started talking to them because I'm on my way. So he hangs up the phone. And I was like, yeah, boy, my daddy about to buy me a projector. You know what I'm talking about? So we get to Best Buy. The guy is talking to us about projectors. It was two projectors with several different features. If you hear anything in the background, that is thunder. <laughs> that is rain. That is wind. But I'm pressing forward. But we're looking at the projectors and... The guy is letting us know the unique features associated with each projector, and we're playing around with them. And my daddy asked me which one I wanted, but he was like, no, we're going to get both of them. So at least you can use whatever projector that's compatible with your laptop to see what features you want to use. So, Because this one got the little kickstand, this one got the remote, this one got this, this one got that. So just uh, look at both of them and see which one you're going to take up there. So I was like, yes, sir. And then he was saying, yeah, I need to see that presentation with those projectors, you know, because I want to see the difference myself. Yeah, so get yourself together because you need to do some run-throughs with me because I need to look at it, too. I need to see it. <laughs> so I was like, yes, sir. And I have several stories where my daddy does this, not only with me, but with my siblings. Ever since we came out the womb, he's been doing this. And this is a sidebar, and it's very very important that people need to know it makes no sense to get upset with somebody because their parents love them and their parents want to help them now it's all good if their parents help them out but your parents can't help you out they have a problem with that all because they don't like you there are some people who get mad because they have a support system and people love them and it's okay for them to have a support system and they can't struggle. They need the help. They receive the help. It's a blessing. It's a godsend. But you can't have that help. That is so crazy to me. If that's the case, individuals need to be mad at God. Because God is our Heavenly Father and He's blessing and helping us out. So, I think that's just so crazy. God's eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless. And anyone who says that God should give strong support to His child... No matter how it comes, no matter which way it comes, no matter who it comes through, if they have a problem with that, knowing what God's word says, they really don't believe in the word of God. They don't believe in that. They don't. And then the same people, some of the same people, they get mad because your mama, your daddy are helping you or your caregivers or your siblings or whoever is in your life to assist you. They cannot stand that. But God has blessed them to be a mother and a father. They're doing the very same things that they talk about you receiving. They're giving that to their child. You need to struggle. You're not telling your child to struggle. Oh, that's not fair. Oh, you're not telling your child it's not fair. Some people are going into debt giving their children things just so their children can stud in front and not pay them back. Just so they can show somebody who doesn't care about them that I do this for my child. But somebody over here trying to do something for their child so they can advance and succeed and make an impact in the world. Oh, your parents always do something for you. You're always doing something for your kids. Oh my God. Well, God always doing something for you. And I don't see you telling God or that person telling God, God, stop, you're doing too much. <laughs> Quit it, God. Quit it. You're always doing this for me now. You're receiving those blessings. Just like your child, your loved one is receiving the blessings. Why can't I receive the blessings? Why can't others receive the blessings? See, some people need to wash their mouth and think and just shut up. Just shut all the way up. So fast forward, I present. My daddy was texting me and calling me saying, as soon as you get in the car, you call me right after school. <laughs> Let me know what happened, because I already know what you're about to do. I just want to hear it. I just want to hear it. So I was like, yes, sir. So get to the meeting. The dissertation chair lets us know that we're going to go ahead and proceed with the presentations. And the reason he said that was because the girl who brought in the stolen projector from the school district, 
she was running late. So she told the dissertation chair she was running late and she wasn't going to be there on time. And he thought he could just kind of stick it out. But he let us go ahead and go. So I was the first person to go. So I started setting up. I walked to the front of the room, pulled out my projector. Okay. Pulled it out from my projector case with the strap, placed it on the table, you know, pulled out the little mini kickstand to get the picture and the image from the projector on the projector screen just to get it aligned just right. Okay, pulled out my laptop computer, got my USB disk drive out, inserted in the port of the computer, located my files, okay, got my documents together, press play. And right before I press play, I had to get my handy dandy projector remote control, okay, so I could press next slide and talk. And it was just a smooth transition. So I started presenting. And I even had the flexibility to do a couple of steps, you know, walk around, engage with the audience, point the remote control to the screen next. Okay. I was really engaging with the audience. Okay. So I was on my last slide. The girl walks in who was late and she's looking confused like, oh, Okay, so the technical team came and fixed the projector. That's the look she gave. But her buddies were looking at her like, no, it ain't what you think. So I finished my presentation, you know what I'm saying? Closed my laptop, took out my USB, put it in my backpack, turned off the projector, unplugged it, started wrapping things up nice and neat, put the projector along with the remote control in my projector case, gathered all my belongings, and I sat down. Then the chair started giving me feedback along with the other members of the cohort. Then the chair says, okay, the girl who walked in late, you can go now. See, she didn't have that projector because whoever let her borrow that, they needed that back. They told her, oh, we need our stuff back. I found this out later. But when the chair said, you can go now, she gets up and she says, yeah, um, where's the projector that was just here? And she looked at me. I mean, she just used the projector because I need to hook up. And the dissertation chair looked at her and said, oh, um. That's Princess's projector. So she says, what? Yeah, that, that was hers. So she started rolling her eyes. And she didn't even ask me anything. She didn't ask if I could use it. She was just mad. And I was waiting for her to ask me. But she never did. So she got up and she presented. She was just talking. She didn't have any handouts. She was just speaking. So it was a very quick presentation. Because the instructor let us know, you need to have handouts if you don't have anything. So she only talked for about five to ten minutes. Now it was the other girl's turn, her homegirl. She gets up. But the homegirl made the mistake. And she asked me, yeah, um, can I use your projector so I can do my presentation? And I told her, No. I got to guard it. I can't have people using it. It was given to me. So I, I, I can't do that. That lady was so mad. She was mad. The woman who walked in with the stolen or had the stolen projector, she was angry. The dissertation desperado, the guy, he was mad. <laughs> I don't even know what he was. Well, he was mad because I wouldn't let him use it either because he already knew or he could see the writing on the wall. And I just sat there because if it's okay to serve me, I mean, you should be eating up that dish. That dish should taste good to you. So class was over. You know, I called my daddy, told him what happened. And he was like, yeah, they did that to themselves. And of course he said some other stuff, but you see, digging a pit for someone is really a pit for the digger. And you see how they thought that they were leaders they were leaders because they had stolen equipment and they were going to show me something. They really thought that they were the head of digging pits for me and other people. They really thought that they were, but they were the tail. 
And you see how sometimes you have to let things play out and keep moving as you work on your goals, your dissertation, your dreams, a God-honoring desire. God has everything set up for you to succeed. God can use anything from anyone to get anything to you at any time, in any way. It doesn't matter who it is. It could even be your enemy sometimes. Now, people might think that they are positioning you to be the tail, but when they operate as the tail, they'll always be behind because they won't let God be the head of their life. God knows how to elevate you, promote you, and cause you to be the head without apology or explanation. And a scripture I would like to leave you with, well, a few that we went over earlier, ones I want to go over again. The first one is Proverbs, the 29th chapter, and the 23rd through the 25th verse, and it reads, A man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down, but he who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. Whoever is partnered with a thief hates his own life. He hears the curse when swearing an oath to testify but discloses nothing and commits perjury by omission. The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in and puts his confidence in the Lord will be exalted and safe. And I want to read Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter and the 12th through the 13th verse. And it states, The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but you will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Remain encouraged knowing that God already positioned you to be the head as you follow him or allow him to be the head in your life. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download God, Me, and the Dissertation, a 38-day devotional. On the site, you can order inspirational apparel. You have the option to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target and at college underscore success tips. I have a few Bible plans on the YouVersion Bible app you can enjoy. Enjoy the remainder of your day. Peace and God bless.